Do you guys just go to me automatically because you know that I'll do it and I have nothing else to do? You're a, a wonderful, light-hearted, <laughs> funny guest to have on these things who would who would lighten any room, Gillian. But yes, I know that your schedule's very empty. Uncaged Wisdom, Cheetah Digital's podcast for modern marketing. We've entitled this deep dip because we have depth, Gillian, but we're just dipping the toe in, really. I've got to work on that. Just the tip of the iceberg. iceberg. That's our hashtag for this. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It gets the people going. We're going to go straight into our brand new number one feature, which I've entitled Sympathy for the Devil's Advocate. The worst vice is advice. We are here today, gathered, to talk about... um, What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, emotional loyalty. Good. I just had to check the notes. But let's start off with something a little bit inflammatory. Gillian, is brand loyalty dead? Do customers have any loyalty to brands anymore? Well, I don't think that brand loyalty is dead, but I do think it depends on the industry. So, like, gas... I'll go anywhere. I don't even care if it's like watered down. It doesn't matter as long as it's cheap. And that's all I want to talk about because I'm old and I'm like an 80-year-old man in a 40-year-old body. I want to talk about gas prices and the weather. But then there's also brands like Starbucks. Like, are you going to go and get gas station coffee or are you going to go get a Starbucks? Probably Starbucks, right? And it probably because, shameful plug for loyalty, probably because you have the loyalty app and you know that you're going to get, you know, to earn more plays or you're going to maybe earn a free coffee. And so I do think that, you know, there's industries that are still holding really strong um, in terms of brand loyalty, you know, specifically retail as well. So depending on what kinds of benefits or they make you feel good when you're there or, you know, the overall, you know, experience is additive to your lifestyle, like Patagonia, you know, if they're aligned with your, their values, I saw that Patagonia was closing their stores um, you know, around the holidays to give their employees time off or, you know, that they're really focused on sustainability. And so I think that, you know, things like that will continue to, um, you know, forge that relationship with their customers. If it's based just on price, if you, if brands are basing it just on price, people are not going to be loyal because they're going to go for whatever's the cheapest, like gas. But I think brands can still like show that they have the right the right values and speak to you in the right way and, and build that that relationship, even if it is gas or it's financial services, maybe they're supporting Movember. I've seen, you know, um, some financial services brands doing that and I'm still speaking to you in that way. Also, if it's just a standalone piece and people aren't speaking to you in the same way, then I think that would also, for me, make me not as loyal because I'm like, well, you have just a one-off program, but you're not consistently speaking to me. All industries can, all verticals can um, create that that loyalty, but you're not seeing that at the moment. All right, Gillian, you've you've managed to convince us that loyalty is not dead. <laughs> Gillian, tell us your take on what defines emotional loyalty, and what are the the tactics or things that need to be put in place for brands to drive that. I guess I would say that emotional loyalty is a more sophisticated 
modern approach to loyalty that you know goes away from the transactional and actually leans more towards experiential and building one-to-one relationships with with members you can say customers but hopefully we're talking about members um and giving them something you know an experience soft benefits tiers so that they can aspire to engage with the brand um, you know, at a deeper level, but it's a you know reciprocal relationship. And so I'm more willing to give up my data if you're going to give me more than, you know, a point per dollar. So, you know, there's a lot of brands that are, are still just not quite there. And, you know, we've been talking to retailers even recently that are still, you know, using these very transactional programs but I think that, you know, they see what other brands are, are doing, like Starbucks and Sephora. And there's a lot of brands that you know, are kind of like the best in class, I guess I would say, that other brands want to emulate. And so, you know, where you would have thought that, you know, Sephora's model wouldn't be applied to other industries. Now we see other brands that are like restaurants that are giving customers choice and that are using that data in a smart way. And so... You know, when you shop, you're not going to be getting like, for instance, I have a dog. Hopefully where I shop um, isn't going to send me promotions or or offers for cats. Right. So, um, you know, but they did. They did like even like eight years ago. So I think that, you know, brands are using data in, in a lot smarter way. And so that's how I would define, you know, who would be doing the best uh approach to emotional loyalty or embracing emotional loyalty. Do people see that transactional programs, it's easy for people to move to another transactional program on the same space? Was that sort of one of the eureka moments for brands or was it actually they just wanted to try something different to make themselves different in the space and suddenly they realized that building these emotional connections is more powerful? Yeah, because I think a lot of these brands can almost be interchangeable, right? So you know, I can still buy potentially the same labels at another company. Um, you know, so, you know, how, also how do retailers compete with the likes of Amazon? Because I don't have to leave my house. I can find something. And if I don't like it, I just take it right back. And, um, you know, potentially it could be cheaper than me going in the store. Sometimes it feels like, you know, the better deals are the online deals. And so, you know, if you know how to kind of play the abandoned cart game and I'm guilty of it, I'll put something in my cart and then wait, you know, for them to send me my offer. But nobody's going to do that for me in a store. If I like put it on the counter and I walk away, they're like, hey, would you like to buy that for 10%? I'm like, all right. And then I come back to the counter, right? The abandoned cart game, the, the <laughs> supermarket sweep that never made it to air. Yes, there's prizes in store and much, much more when you play Supermarket but that comes back to the, the the values, right? Like, do you having that relationship with the brand versus a third party, say? And I think it's that that shift to a a longer term approach of it being a one to one relationship. And I was starting to think about not just seeing, you know, thinking about a brand as a relationship, like it is with a person. And what do you what do you want from them? You want them to share your values. You want them to be open to feedback and you know, speaking to you the same way, like if, if I was having a text message from someone that was really happy, and then, uh, you know, an email that was kind of like completely different, a corporate tone of voice, 
right? Like that would be weird. That'd be really jarring. Like if Julian did that to me. Um, and it's the same with a brand, right? You want that Instagram to be the same as what they're saying in emails. Otherwise it's just like, it does not a consistent experience. There is like that, I think opportunity for brands mm-hmm. to create something that's a much stronger relationship than what, you know, going through, you know, a third party or another channel like an Amazon or what have you. The other thing I think about with a, a relationship or a friendship is are their family and friends saying good things about them, you know, and that's like the employee advocacy in store um, and online, I think is also important with with a brand. And I think also just making it simple. Some brands, like they just have like many different variations of a program. There's also different things that you have to take into account when designing a program so that it's simple and it's straightforward and you're not letting kind of like that noise from all of the other things that you have going on kind of confuse your your customers or to potentially cannibalize other aspects of it. So, you know, um, we've talked to customers even recently who have pop-ups and things on their website, you know, that say, Hey, you want this, uh, offer sign up for email and you get 15 or 20% off, but then you're already on the loyalty website and it's only offering you 10. So we're, we're diluting, mm. you know, what the real value is. And the real value is the loyalty program. I mean, the emails stuff is, is a lot of times just a one and done, right? If you sign up for email and SMS, we'll give you this one time um, chance to get a promotion because I have tried to go go back to the well, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, down the road where I'm like, oh, I wonder if this will work again. If I can just like, you know, I unsubscribe. Now, what if I resubscribe? Can I get that offer again? And and smart companies will say no to me. So good for them. But (laughs) there's other (laughs) companies that, you know, I think that they just look for a flag, you know, is this person subscribed or not? And doesn't, you know, not looking at historical behaviors. It's important to kind of level set and take a look at everything holistically instead of just like, I'm only going to look at email or I'm only going to look at loyalty. Buying across the business, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it should be an enterprise approach. Right. And same with with how everything kind of jives together, you know, big um, uh, theme or or issue, I guess we've been seeing is data efficiency, you know, and how do we get data from a point of sale and also, you know, maybe another ESP um, and marry everything together and make it so that the customer still feels like it's seamless especially, you know, some, some brands, I think this is really true in retail. A lot of their point of sale systems are old and and they have limited uh, functionality and how do we, you know, how can we make this, you know, the best possible scenario. And maybe we, we take all of that data and, and put it into a CDP so that all of that data is actionable that we're getting. And it doesn't feel like there's a disconnect with the point of sale. We started off talking about some good examples of emotional loyalty, but you mentioned, you know, the one-to-one experience between a brand and a customer. What kind of experiences could be offered? So, you know, it could be a variety of things. You know, it could just be making my shopping experience that much better. So maybe you're making product recommendations that are actually something that I would be interested in. Um, or it could be um, personalized offers so that I am like, oh, you know what, that is a... a 
you know, a great offer for me. Sometimes I log into the Target app and I feel like it's a little overwhelming. Um, and, you know, I'm not getting, all I shop for is like my kids and my dog and I, right? But, you know, when you log in. Uh, there should be a song about that. My kids, my dog and I. <laughs> De La Soul, yeah. I'll um, make it into the cup, don't worry. <laughs> what I do ain't make believe. People say I sit and travel. When it comes to being De La, it's just me, myself, and I. I. It's just me, myself, and I. So I feel like there, you know, there's things like that where you're like, I don't know. It can be almost like cumbersome. Same with, um, I don't know which, if you guys ever use any of the um, the programs for the grocery stores. Um, I feel like those are still kind of lacking. Um, I, the, my grocery store that I go to has a like kind of like a coupon clipping sort of thing, but it's like a bazillion SKUs in there. And so you have to like kind of search and like you know, hunt and peck for something that, you know, you're actually going to buy. So, you know, I think those kinds of things where you're actually giving someone a personalized experience in terms of offers and the products that they are interested in buying. But then the other side of that is, you know, maybe give me, um, you know, sneak preview or limited time access to a higher tier. So I can say, Hey, you know what? I do want to be at that level. And I am willing to maybe give you share of wallet where maybe I was purchasing something somewhere else because I see the benefit and I'm going to have, I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to spend more with your brand so that I can also reach that tier level. Um, and then the other things like, you know, experiential, you know, sweepstakes or, you know, if the soft benefits, like exclusive access or, you know, VIP member events, you know, th things of that nature. Um, but then also, you know, catalogs that are a lot richer than coupons, because mm -hmm. um, I think that we all have credit cards and I'm big Southwest nerd. Like I will fly out of my way um, <laughs> to go on a Southwest flight because they make it so much easier for me to earn and so, you know, I can earn at restaurants that I use my credit card at, even little mom and pop stores. You know, I get an, an email that says, hey, you earn these points. And then I think the other great thing that is also a soft benefit but has a monetary value is a lot of the brands that recognize the challenges that COVID has brought over the last couple of years. So I just got an email recently that Southwest was extending my A-list status because even though... I have purchased a lot and I earned the companion pass. It's like 125,000 points, by the way. I didn't get my A-list edits because I've hardly even gone anywhere because all of my meetings are on Zoom. Gillian, we'd love to know um, how you typically would like kick off this, this conversation with the brand and the journey you go on to establish an emotional loyalty program. So I feel that a lot of times, and maybe because I've, I've been in like, uh, or I've done strategic consulting work, you know, I always feel like it's really important for me to do my research before I meet with a client. And I might go um, not only to sign up for the program, but I might actually go and talk to store associates and get their opinion on um, of the experience. Or I sign up and I see, you know, what are the actual benefits or how long did it take me to even like get it acknowledged that I signed up for this program or uh, with restaurants, there's a provider that basically has like a shared platform for every single 
um, like restaurant that's on there. So when you go to sign up for like Bob's chicken, it'll be like, Hey, you're already a member. And I'm like, what Bob's chicken is in California. How could I be a member? And then it's because it's a shared platform, you know, cause even though I live in Chicago, you know, it thinks that you're already in the system cause you are in the system, but you know, so I do my research and then we talk about what their challenges are. Like, what are you trying to do? And when do you want to actually do this? Like, are you trying to actually launch something before back to school next year? Cause we need to like hop on it and start talking about what a program design is going to look like. And, you know, what systems are you using and what's the challenges? Um, and some of them are already in the midst of conversions on their other tech stack. Um, and that needs to be taken into consideration. But then I think, you know, a lot of times and, you know, maybe what we miss sometimes on the technology side, right, is that, you know, these programs are, um, you know, a part of this client's legacy, right? So if they're going to run a, a program, they want it to represent who they are and they want it to be a really good, strong program where they can go to a conference and get recognized you know, for um, being innovative and for, you know, making a difference in the industry as a whole. So when they move to another brand, they can say, hey, I built that program and that's something I'm really proud of. And that goes on their resume. And so we have, you know, a really mm -hmm. strong impact on these people's careers, too. And, it, you know, no wonder that they are so um, selective. Right. And they should be doing their due diligence on the vendors that they're talking to because it can really make or break them. There's like one point I kind of want to touch on. What really inspired me for emotional loyalty is uh, Ian Dwarf, but he keeps talking about how like at the North Face and at um, Vans, they don't just sell shoes. Like, you know, they sell shoes, but they don't just sell shoes. They don't just sell backpacks. They sell these things so that their audience can live a lifestyle. Like, you know, they, they're at the skate park. They're like, we're not just selling shoes. We're selling that kid a way to like fit in with his friends in a way to like play in a hobby he loves. So like what he specifically said was when we started the journey towards creating loyalty, we looked at what our customers need and what our customers need is not a new jacket every six months or new shoes every three months. What our customers need are products that help them explore the world, express their creativity and really do what they love doing. And that's like what I mean when I'm saying like a brand is like additive to your lifestyle, right? It's like, mm -hmm. You wouldn't, um, you know, Lululemon clothes look great on you, right? Um, and But also that's what everybody wears. You feel stylish. And, you know, I think that maybe it makes you, um, you know, feel good about yourself. And so when you feel good about yourself, you know, you're more likely to, um, you know, go exercise. And so that's like a cyclical effect, right? Because you feel good about yourself and you're like, Hey, I look nice. I'm going to go to the gym. And then, you know, and then you come out and so you're, you know, physically and mentally well. Right. And so, um, you know, and then even like Vans is additive to your lifestyle and, and you're thinking about the brand, even when you're not there, because you believe in, you know, the causes that they, that they're in, or you enjoy in the program, sort of that emotional aspect, like the first campaign we ever did was tell us about your first pair of vans. And so mm -hmm. all the responses were, you know, highly emotional. I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that there was an intention to elicit an emotional response, but I think that the quality that they get and how deep people were willing to go even publicly on social media about how, you know, it made them feel like they're part of American culture. My sister was 
like a really great basketball player. And she's seven years older than I am. And so I wanted to be like her. And when I was in grade school, I wore like the same number that she wore. And I did my hair. You know, I grew my bangs out even in fourth grade, <laughs> right? Because I have older sisters. And shopped at like the kids gap, you know, because I wanted to be like her. And I remember she bought me my first pair of Jordans. I was like in fourth grade, like tiny with like the little netting on them. This is like in the 90s, by the way. And I have a picture of me and I'm like this, like so excited at Christmas because you know, I feel, you know, I felt like they were going to make me play better so that I would be like her. But, it, you know, it also just makes you feel like um, like you're part of something bigger. Gillian, thank you, as always, for, for illuminating <laughs> our opinions on emotional loyalty. Great. To close out... We used to do Uncaged Wisdom, but some of our guests didn't have any. And that was a real sad <laughs> state of affairs. But Diva's got a brand new feature. Gillian, we're going to try out uh, our first Ask You Anything, uh, a spin on a, a popular <laughs> idea. So, you know, it gives us a canvas to to really ask whatever we want. Uh, so, anything you could say. Anything, literally anything. <laughs> so, Ask You Anything, the question that we posed to you today is how would a dog wear a pair of trousers okay so millie is very <laughs> talented and sometimes she stands on her hind legs and she can walk like that sometimes so i would say that she is definitely jeans over the the back two legs but also i don't know if you've seen millie but she's quite a gorgeous little lady and so i feel like she is like low rise um, like Britney Spears slave for you. Oh yeah. You know, with the snake and the whole thing. She's that oh. kind of she's rocking those kinds of pants. What yes. a saucy little dog you've got. <laughs> she's like, it's Millie, bitch. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what an image. Three things I took out from emotional loyalty. You know, it's the power of personalization of making sure that you're offering things that are relevant to someone. The soft benefits of thinking through beyond just discounts and transactions, what are the soft benefits that actually mean something to someone who's using that particular service or product? And then the the one that the other one that I, uh, I think is brilliant, often overlooked, but use your assets. If you're a brand and you're a creative brand or you're a brand of history or you're something that has a lot of tenure, you have so much stuff. And that's not even including all the, the, the creative things that you can serve up into a, a someone who's part of an emotional loyalty program before just the the average joes and janes and other names are available thank you Gillian, for talking to us about emotional loyalty today all right good luck editing <laughs> <laughs> thank you diva for being here today and thank you millie <laughs> Thanks, Millie. thanks millie thank you for letting me participate you guys i really appreciate it thank you for having me Can't you see?